Hey everyone, welcome to the Founder Hour After Hours. This is your co-host, Kosh. And I'm Pat. This is the eighth segment of After Hours. And before we begin going through our list of discussion topics, we wanted to take a moment to acknowledge uh, two things that happened in the last you know couple weeks here in LA and California, starting off with the Thousand Oaks shooting where 12 victims lost their lives and we'll get more into that as the episode goes on and secondly the california fires both in northern california i know one of the cities up there in butte county i think the city was called paradise 99 percent of the homes are gone and also the fires out here i think it's called the wolseley fire yeah um you know parts of malibu um Agoura Hills, that area. Uh, it's been a, it's been pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Uh, a lot of homes lost. A lot of, not a lot of lives lost, but I think a few lives were lost. So again, just want to acknowledge that. And you know, I don't like sending thoughts and prayers. So I'd like acknowledging it and hopefully having some sort of actions. And you know, for those that can help out, uh, please do. Whether it's donating or you know, if you could provide shelter, uh, definitely do that. So we don't want to go too deep into those right now so we can, you know, get in a better mood and, you know, activate you guys on your drives uh, to work or back from work. So, Pat, why don't we talk about some of the folks that we had a chance to sit down with over the last month um, and what we got out of that and, you know, why our listeners should tune in and what they should take away from it. Yeah. Yeah, we had an all-star lineup. This month, uh, every single episode was like fire. Yeah, I mean most of the episodes are fire, but these were like fire. Um, yeah, first episode was with uh, Mark Brazil of Iconic. Oh yeah, Mark's the man. Uh, For sure. First, it was first. It was the first time we met Mark actually doing this podcast, and we just mm-hmm. hit it off in the beginning. Yeah. Um, dude's a beast, man. Their their whole team is like. How did we meet him? I think we just cold emailed him. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And we had heard of Iconic. Obviously, they made waves uh, after Scooter Braun and Gary Vee invested mm-hmm. in them. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, we got to sit down with them. So yeah, we did so. And I think it was a really great episode. A lot of, a lot of great just wisdom and mm-hmm. knowledge from someone who's like kind of in the early stages of building like a unicorn business. Right. Um, they're on something cool, man. And it was also one of the episodes where I've been hearing a lot from a lot of listeners saying we had no idea who they were, but there was a lot of like wisdom in that episode, a lot of takeaways from them because Mark talked a lot about just hustle, a lot about failure. And, you know, he moved from New York to California, did some you know did something that he probably had no passion for and just kept on doing it until he hit the point where yeah he was like i need to focus on what i'm passionate about yeah i think he what i took away was that he like always had his kind of big big picture vision but sometimes you just got to be patient right like yeah. you might not be onto the right thing and you can't force it but in the meantime you know he was building up his skills like he had a couple shitty sales jobs um that obviously i'm sure made him who he is today as far mm-hmm. as having that resilience and right um you know go-getter attitude of just like n- you know n- n- no taking no for an answer type of thing i think people a lot of times when they're going through the day-to-day and the motions and whatnot they don't necessarily understand or appreciate those jobs and yeah. experiences that they don't like because in the moment it sucks. Yeah. But I think looking back when you get to a point that you are doing what you want to be doing, you appreciate those moments because you're thinking, thank God I am not doing that. Like yeah. it could be much worse, right? Yeah. Like 
And so a lot of those, whether it's those sales jobs that Mark had or the jobs that, you know, both you and I have had that we just think to ourselves, like, is this really going to, yeah. you know, change what, you know, not change, but is this going to lead to something else? Is what we are doing going to play a part in the bigger thing that we want to be doing? And a lot of times, I mean, I, I deal with that question myself is it's it, the day-to-day stuff. Is that going to help me build a company in 10 years, right? Yeah. But I also think that that may be the wrong way of thinking. And I well, think we just have yeah. to take it day by day. No, for sure. And I think they're like, obviously, like in certain things that you do, there are transferable skills. Like when you're learning sales, when you're learning mm-hmm. marketing, things like that, you know, you can apply those skills to something else. But right. at the end of the day, you're not going to last very long in a job that is um, maybe in a space that you don't really have a passion in or right. um, you're just kind of, you know, it feels like a job. And, you, you know, I think the passion aspect is important because that's the step number one. Like if mm-hmm. if that isn't that box isn't checked off, then you're going to burn out eventually, mm-hmm. even though you're, you know, you're learning something, you're developing a skill at some point. And I think it's sooner than later, especially for millennials in our generation, is like you're, you're, you're just going to lose interest and you're not going to be as for motivated. Sure. So it's important to really, as much as you can, I know it's sometimes it's difficult, but go after something that you have a passion. Whether you start it or right. you work somewhere that is in that field or space, mm-hmm. I think that's number one. That's key. Right. And yeah, I think I think for me, the Mark Merrill, sorry, not Mark Merrill, sorry, um, the Mark Brazil. We have another Mark that we interviewed <laughs> in the last four episodes that we'll talk about. But Mark Brazil's episode, and just even the conversation that we had you know, during the time, um, it was fun. It was one of those that it's as if we were just sitting down, three dudes hanging out, you know, just talking about life and, you know, our opinions and our thoughts and our ideas. And it felt, it felt, it felt right in the sense of that's why I think you and I started this podcast. Like that was the vibe we were going for. Mm-hmm. Less formal interview, more just. Yeah sitting down with which i think we've tried people. to do more and more right and uh, yeah we've definitely improved obviously we haven't been releasing the ep- episodes like right. in order from when mm-hmm. we record it but hopefully uh, you know hopefully you guys the listeners are, are getting that as, right. as we're trying to make it more conversational because right. i think we enjoy those conversations more i think people listening enjoy those conversations right. more so and i think i mean mark at the end of it told us that he's done a few of these but he said look guys like this is probably one of the best that we've done like that i've done that was cool yeah yeah it was, and it was cool like to hear that because we've now this is the 45th episode that we're releasing and it's been i I think actually it's been a year now that we've been doing the founder hours so congrats to us Mm, um i think the first one that we released was in november early november Mm -hmm. of 2017 d D murthy d murthy yeah who we've mentioned on probably every after hour somehow (laughs) um and so yeah it's been a while that we've been doing this and obviously we want to continue doing it um and also pat do you remember the code that mark gave us for uh iconic i think it was tfh20 tfh20 uh so if you guys go to iconic.com i-k-o-n-i-c-k.com mark was gracious enough to give us a promo code to purchase the artwork that they sell and also from what i recall he also mentioned to pat and i that black friday and cyber monday are coming up so definitely stay tuned for that i'm sure they're going to have a lot of deals so Follow them on Instagram. It's at Iconic. And also follow at Mark Brazil and at Cole, C-O-L-E, who is their uh, head designer. And he's th- that dude is just incredible. Um, his work is amazing. So shout out, you know, to Mark and the entire team there for, you know, inviting us to their home and their home and office and uh, sitting down with us and having that conversation. Yeah. Up next, we had Mark Merrill, who is a hell of a dude yeah he uh, him and his partner actually created league of legends which Mm -hmm. is like arguably the biggest game ever right um it actually i saw recently it became like an official high school sport or something like that i yeah yeah i saw that it's insane um yeah so there he's the he's the he's the co-founder of riot games which i which is the company that Mm -hmm. basically owns and operates uh league of legends and other other games soon um and it was awesome i mean it was the first time we sat down with someone like mark you know who was in the gaming space Mm -hmm. and 
has created such a successful game. And I think right. I was just just the whole time I was just kind of curious as to like how that whole thing mm-hmm. came about because. You know, when you think of, like, a video game developer or someone who, like... I mean, I know he didn't develop it himself, which is really interesting to me, too, because, like, he's, like, a business dude. Right. You know, like, he worked at a bank before. Like, he came from a finance background. At Merrill um, Lynch. Merrill Lynch. Which, which no, no affiliation. No affiliation yeah. uh, but um, I think it was really cool to see that, like, you know, he's, like, an example of someone that you don't need necessarily to have, like hard technical skills in something to make it successful Mm -hmm. you just have to have a vision and you have to have like grit and um hustle and you'll you'll make it happen Mm -hmm. obviously in certain cases it's easier to have technical knowledge but um it's not the end of the world if you don't and again he's a perfect example of that because he was a gamer he loved video games so the passion purpose all that stuff was there um he envisioned you know this kind of new way of video gaming, which mm-hmm. was like, let's not create a million different versions right. of a video game. Let's create, create a video game. game and then let's iterate and iterate and iterate. And they've mm-hmm. built this amazing community. And I think we saw that community when we released the episode was like, damn, like all these, the, the outpour of like just people listening mm-hmm. and engaging was really cool because there's such a deep community in this space. Right. Uh, not just League of Legends, but just gaming in general. Right. And it's obviously becoming bigger and bigger. So it's cool. Pat, were you ever a gamer? No, I would not consider myself a gamer. I mean, obviously, as a kid, like most kids, I played video games. I enjoyed video games. Um, I wasn't like always the best. Like, you know, I remember I was like, "Damn, like, how, why am I not good in Madden?" Like, or like, you know, fucking Mario Kart or something. Mario Kart was pretty good in actually. Yeah. I'll I'll take some people in Mario Kart. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't I wouldn't consider myself a gamer. You? Absolutely not. <laughs> the only games I like playing were the sports ones. Like, yeah. You know, Nintendo sixty four yeah. courtside. You know, I love the Madden yeah. ones. Yeah, I think FIFA 2K. 2010 during that World Cup yeah. was like the the game yeah. for me. Yeah, I, I I never got into the more League of Legends, World yeah. of Warcraft type games. Mm-hmm. I mean, for I just wasn't. And the closest it. I came was Kingdom Hearts. I haven't even heard of it. Yeah, it was like um, it was like a Final Fantasy X esque game, but like it was Disney. I was like okay. when I was a kid. Dude, but I know Hearts a lot of I know a lot of our listeners who are gamers. Yep. and really loved that episode. I mean, a lot of people actually DM'd us mm-hmm. um, on the Founder Hours saying like, "This is awesome! Like that that's probably like one of the biggest ones you guys have done." Uh, you know, we played League of Legends. We still play League of Legends. Yeah. And the one thing I learned from this episode, funny enough, was we we try to post on Reddit here and there for some of the episodes that we release. But for this one spe- specifically, uh, one of my good friends from law school told me, hey, you got to post it. Like, Twitter and Reddit are where gamers are. Like, that is the main gamer community. And so I found a League of Legends subreddit, posted it there, which apparently, like, is illegal because you can't self-promote or whatever. But, you know, we don't really give a shit. Um, So posted it there. Within an hour, had, like, 13,000 views. Um, You know, hundreds of upvotes. And so I was like, damn, that is a powerful community. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're posting a podcast that we did with the founder of their favorite game that they have a subreddit on, and by the way, this community has like hundreds of thousands of people in mm-hmm. it, yeah. um, that there is a very strong community of people that are playing this. And I think that that's what League of Legends has also done well is create that community of people around a single product. Yeah. It's insane. What's interesting is I wonder how... I wonder how, like, I, have, I haven't had as much experience with Reddit. I'm sure mm-hmm. people, some people listening might have more experience with Reddit. I'm from a more sort of, like, a marketing standpoint, like like you said, mo- I'm sure most subreddits, not just that one that you can't self-promote. And, like, yeah, most know, of them are the like mods that. and, like, the, yeah. you know, yeah. moderators, whatever, yeah. will take it down. But um, it'd be interesting to see how people are using Reddit for marketing, like, how, what creative ways they're well, able to get into there. these... Less ads, less paid. I'm talking more organic, like, like native, mm, organic, in, organic. In the post yeah, some sort of content creation or something where like you get into these deep communities of like people just talking about random topics and just somehow yeah. create influence. I'm I don't sure know if that's possible. I'm sure, I'm sure it's, it's, it's possible, but yeah, yeah. I'm sure those yeah, that are you. I mean, I know people that are literally on Reddit all day, all day, yeah, all day. You know, I mean, I think you mentioned to me originally um, back during the 2016 elections, elections yeah. where the what's the Donald subreddit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that thing, I think till this day is like very, very active. Like, And we were talking hardcore. about the difference between like a Reddit and Twitter is that like Twitter is a little bit more public. Like, you know who, most of the time, you know that that Twitter is associated with like a real person and who that person right. is. So it's a little bit um, more, I guess, um, difficult or challenging for certain people to express their opinions on Twitter. 
um, like for example, a Donald Trump, you know, campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, but Reddit is like pretty much anonymous, right? right? And like, there's just people are just, you know, it's like the modern day forum, I, I guess. Yep. Like, but cooler and mm-hmm. more things. Um, and yeah, they've completely like revamped the right the design of Reddit as well. I think now they have an app too, mm-hmm. um, and so it was it was fun. Anyways, yeah. Mar- so yeah, Mark Merrill was was uh, very inspirational. Just hearing about his story and yeah, I mean, I mean, what he was yeah, able to do. creating like literally like <laughs> multi million dollar billion not, I mean, billion dollar. Yeah. I don't even know what they're worth now yeah. because they're owned by, uh, Tencent. Owned by Tencent. Yeah, um, but that was awesome. Uh, next up, we had Andrew Bernstein, yeah, ADB, yeah, Photo Inc. Uh, he, <laughs> that was like, that was a really cool, that was a really cool, uh, opportunity we had, we had to sit down with him. Um, yeah. I think we had reached out to Kobe yeah, and we had Kobe's reached out team. To Kobe, um, who will eventually get, so stay tuned. Um, and then they share the same publicist. Yeah. So, and he had just written this book with Kobe while well, he took the photos for the, Kobe's autobiography, right. Mama Mentality, um, right. which is currently on sale. Uh, so they reached out and said, seller already. yeah, I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and so the, the publicist reached out and said, you know, Kobe's unavailable, but would you want to <laughs> interview Andrew Bernstein? And, um, initially we were both like, you know, who's this guy? Like we didn't, I, I mean, I'm like ashamed to say, I didn't know who he was. Yeah. I um, either. yeah but then when I, when we, when we saw his photos, we were like blown away. We're yeah, like, we're are like, you we serious? All of these are. photos were taken by the same freaking person. Like that is mm-hmm. insane. So we immediately replied. Absolutely, let's make it happen. But it's he's one of those guys that you don't know who he is by name, but you know who he is because you know every single yeah. photo he's taken. Yeah, and you know what? I think a lot of it has to do with who he is as a person. Like, he seemed like just a very humble yeah, dude. Like, not, yeah, like, not, you know, not looking for the spotlight. No. You know, not boasting whatsoever. I mean, if you hear the podcast, you'll, you'll get a sense yeah. of what kind of person this yeah. man is. But um, he... It was just cool sitting down with him because, like, we grew up just like w- looking at his photos, and I'm sure most most of the yeah we grew up. Our parents grew up. I mean, like, yeah. I showed my uh, dad and mom. You showed your dad. Like, yeah. they all recognized those photos. Yep, yep. Like uh, whether it was Magic the Magic Johnson, Bird yeah. era yeah. or the Kobe era yeah. or now the now era of LeBron uh, and Kuz and all those guys. Amazing. Um, very cool. I mean, he's he's still going at it. Yeah, I mean, so he's basically you know, the night. LA Lakers team photographer. Yep. Uh, Staples Center official photographer, Kings, Kings, Clippers, Dodgers, Dodgers, yeah, Sparks. everybody. Uh, the, the guy's a legend. I mean, pretty cool, man. And he has a podcast called it's, Legend of Sports. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah, and it's cool, like how he's been able to. And this is something actually I wish I asked him. Yeah. Um, was like the business side of of of, of it, and you know I don't know if, how much we deep how deep we would have gone into it, but like he he owns his company, so yeah, I, I think he gets. If I'm not mistaken, gets contracted. Yeah, by he's probably teams, an independent contractor. Which is interesting because, like, I wonder: Do you think he owns the rights to these photos or no? no? Because the NBA and well, the Lakers and Staples are paying him yeah. as a contractor, and so yeah, so that, that's 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 really cool though. Like the way the he set I'm that sure up. He, yeah, I'm sure he won't. He doesn't seem like the guy that would go rogue and sell these photos to make money. Not about that. I just wonder, like, from a business standpoint. Yeah. Like, because that's a huge, like, for, from an IP standpoint, that's that's big. I also do think that if he did have the rights to that, he wouldn't have been this big. Because, right, because, right. because it wouldn't the, have been repurposed like the way it has. Right, because the, the purpose then changes. His purpose now is to capture moments. In in if he was doing it purely for business, it would be to capture profit. No, no, you know? no, 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 not not that he was doing it for business. I just wonder since. Yeah, it was just the way it, you know him being he him owning his own company and then being right. contracted by instead of being like an like a Lakers employee is what I'm saying. Right, which is right. interesting. Yeah. Um, anything else? Yeah. I would just say that's one of the episodes that it was just so cool to be taken down like memory lane. You yeah. Know, we had to. We also had a chance to uh, ask him three different questions about. Three different photos he had taken, yeah, uh, which we posted on YouTube. So th- definitely check that out if you search the Founder Hour, Andrew Bernstein on YouTube. It's like um, our first like video. Like yeah, it's like our first video, video of a video so of a person. Hopefully, in a video. more coming soon. Yeah, so definitely check that out because he explains three iconic pictures mm-hmm. uh, that he's taken, which you guys will all definitely recognize. And he gives us kind of the backstory of, you know, how that came about. Um, cool stuff. So if you're a sports fan. You don't have to be a basketball fan, just a sports fan yeah. or just a fan of photography and just whatever. Just, yeah. you know, recommend checking it out. Mm-hmm. 
Cool. Um, and then the last one of the four was Mr. David Dan. Yep. He started Mind of Genius Records, which is the label behind some of our absolute all-time favorite artists, mm-hmm. like Zoo and They. Mm-hmm. Um, freaking cool, man. <laughs> uh, it was. Re- I mean, like, just you and I have been listening to these guys for so long, so it's cool to sit down with for David, sure. who basically essentially discovered these guys and yeah. signed them and has helped them grow to who they are today. Right. And, um, he was like a super raw dude, just down to earth, yeah. awesome. We went to his apartment. Thanks, David, for having us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a cool conversation. To, or like, I'm a huge music head, so um, it was awesome just like like hearing from his standpoint of like starting, like, you, you know, everyone who's into music in like their high school days wants to start a label, like a record label or something. Like if you're, you know, into business as well, as, as opposed to more of the creative side, like I, obviously like I was that I was there too. And so it was cool to hear his perspective on how he did that. Um, basically having this like passion for music and being a DJ and then mm-hmm. eventually seeing that there's an opportunity on the business side to go into and right. create like an independent label. And for those that don't know him, I'll play a little sample of one of the <laughs> Zoo songs. Yeah. I don't know how you could not know Zoo, but... This song is called Faded, which we are not right now. <laughs> but yeah, just go search it. It's called ZHU Zoo. Great song. Anyways, I don't um, want to. I, I didn't want to play it for more than fifteen seconds, so we don't get sued or anything. Yeah. Um, and then they, they's album just came out. That album is it's fucking crazy. fuego. Yeah, if you're and into that's music, why it's called if you're Fireside. Into good fucking music, listen to they's album, man. Their it's name great. is they T H E Y, which dot. is very hard to find on Instagram or yeah. Facebook or Twitter. <laughs> um, is it they dot? No, no, their actual name is they dot, but I think their ad handle is just they. Oh, it's they dot. They, like they, it's like they period. It's they. It's, it's called just they. they. Yeah. Yeah, but they have a period. I don't know. They oh, have a period. It, yeah. 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 They're they're incredible. Yeah. They're they're they they are one of those artists that's definitely going to break out and be mainstream within the next six to twelve months. Yeah. That's my prediction. It's getting there. It's getting there. That's my prediction because their their first album I thought was insane. Like their first Which album, one, the new religion one. Yeah. So good, dude. Every single damn song. Every song. Good. Every song. Like, the one the with Dante's song Creek. That, that was the first song I'd heard was Dante's Creek, and I was like. Oh, this sounds familiar. Yeah, it's like the old uh, Dawson's Creek uh, theme song. Uh, what's your name? Is it Paul Cole? I think the one that I don't sang it. Know. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. I don't wanna wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No singing, no singing. Um, but uh, yeah, great, great album, great album. Yeah, definitely, definitely check that out. Um, the EP is called Fireside because the album's fucking fire. Yeah, some fire um, features on there too. The entire album is collapse. See, and, Liz, that, and that's God, why I Vic think. Mensa. Yeah, I Gallant. think I think that's what Mind of a Genius is going to be doing that no one else is doing, and they're doing it damn well. Is they ever, like even Zoo? Most of Zoo's songs are collabs. Yeah, and I think that that's there's that be one the new collab norm. album he had that was really good, like the one with um like as crazy as it is that one. I think that's with Gallant, um, right? No, it's a uh, it's another dude. Um, that's a great song. Yeah, it I is a great song. <laughs> uh. That one and like, um, what was the other one he had? As crazy as it is, is with a track. No, it's not. A track and Keznamdi. Yeah, Keznamdi is a singer. Yeah. yeah. Who I thought was actually Stephen. Oh, Marley his Genesis series. Or Damien Marley. His Genesis, Genesis series. Genesis series album. It's with Aluna awesome. George, a yep. track, Gallant, yep. Bone Thugs and Harmony, yep, yep, yep. Skrillex, They, Daniel Johns, Vancouver Sleep. Like, yeah, yeah that, that's this a great is, album. and I think this is what they're doing is that they are literally creating the up-and-coming artists or even just some of them that are already established yeah. and like, pairing I, them up. Yeah, like like you can tell that David and crew have a very good, um, you know, ear from ear for music. 100%. Like, they're, they're like putting out some really unique stuff that you just, I've, I've personally never heard this style of music and this right. um, aesthetic when it comes you, to music. And that's what I like about it is it's not just R&B. It's not just hip-hop. Yeah. It's not just rap. It's not just rock. It's like a mesh of all of them. Plus collaborations between different artists which have different sounds. Yeah. And so it makes it exciting to listen to because it's new. Yeah. It's like a new category. It's I and, just call it good vibes. And I think it's I like it. and I think it's like it's in a way it's like kind of timeless, like their music. Like mm-hmm. and uh, I think we had talked about this with David too, is like the timelessness of music and kind of like, you know, these artists, some of these artists now that you know, no one's gonna be listening to in like two years just because they're just yeah. making songs from the moment. And you know that it, you know whatever, let them do their thing. Yeah, you know, like that Takashi person them. you guys keep talking about. Who the fuck <laughs> is that? <laughs> yeah, let's not even get into it. Um, but 
though you know it's it's cool to see someone that's sticking well someone as in i'm talking about the whole moke team yeah sticking to their roots of just making good music um and you can tell that they're you know they know what they're doing they know what they're doing i just also love the name mind of a genius it's great it's yeah i think and if you guys listen to david dan's story uh episode 44 last one that we just released um it's very parallel i think to at least scooter braun's story and how scooter braun got his start a little different in the terms of how he, you know, signs artists and does that work. But I really do think that David Dan will be the next generation of talent in the music scene, especially in L.A., who's really making, you know, waves in yeah. in in music. And I think we discussed that L.A. is really the hub of where the music culture begins. I think everybody else follows L.A., follows the sounds of L.A., um, and I really do think that even artists like Zoo and Day and those that are under Mind of a Genius, they haven't really got a big break yet. They're they're still I think a, a little part of it though is that they I think they like being underground. I like I like them being underground too because it's like right you know it's it's obviously tough from a business standpoint to stay underground, right. and I'm sure David knows that. Mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, you know Zoo, you know they talk about how strategically they hid Zoo's face and like he was this kind of mm-hmm. mysterious character and that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's slowly coming out more and more. But um, even they, like they, they seems like you can, you can hear the underground vibe. And you have no clue who they are. Yeah, the two guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, I mean they're out there, but yeah, they've uh, they're not like mainstream people. Which they are not mainstream people. None. Yeah. But uh, shout out David. So that was a long recap of. We always we're like yeah we're gonna do a short recap it's never short um, it's always a long it's always a long recap but I think we also give our own thoughts and opinions so yeah I think it's well worth, I mean like, well dude, worth it well worth it dude like I you know it's just freaking awesome sitting down with these people man it is I think I think the best part honestly for us like on a selfish note is I think me and Pat have just learned so much yeah um, and I think that's why we wanted to do this podcast is so that we can share the learnings with everybody else right. and not just keep it to ourselves. Right. But it also gives us a lot of stories to tell. I just feel that ever since we started this podcast, both you and I, um, we, it's been like an education away from education in the sense that the experiences that we learn from others, you're never going to read that in a fucking business book. Maybe no. in like 30 years you might, yeah. but you're literally now getting this information right now right here people that are not even interested in starting a business they can take something away from it and and shit maybe they'll start a business i don't know uh so and it's not all about starting a business you could apply a lot of these things to where you're working yeah no and i think i think we were talking about this the other day was like um what the future of education looks like and i I think it's content like 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 you know we are putting out content obviously but at the same time you know we're just physically you and I on the back end are sit- are physically sitting down with these people and just having a conversation. But at the same time, like these are these conversations, whether you're in it or listening to it, um, like when I listen to other podcasts, like I literally feel like I learn more. That's like more knowledge that I can apply to my life, you know, whatever it is that I wouldn't necessarily learn in a school setting or in a, like a formal setting. And I think the reason for that is there's just so much content out there. And now that content is becoming easier to create, I think there's, you can find so much content around anything you want. Like if there's something that you're dealing with right now, whether it's yeah. in business and life, you can find content around yeah, that. relationships. Yeah, like anything. whether it's someone in that field who knows their shit, who's like talking about a topic that relates or just to two you. random dudes yeah, in the backyard. That yeah. could never happen in formal <laughs> education. Like yeah. what are you going to do? Go, go, go to the library and look at a book from like 1975 and just like, right. you know, maybe you find something and, you know, sometimes the past dictates the future yeah. but or the present. But like, you know, it's, I think that, you know, when it comes to like, when you think of like a, a school setting, you, see, mm. you know, you think of less college, but like, you know, you just tune out, you zone out. Like sometimes if it's not applicable, like I remember me in my classes, yeah, like, you know, what am fuck. I doing this for? Unless I had a particular goal I was going for as far as, you know, post-grad, um, right. I didn't really care. But I think that there's... A, it didn't apply. I'm hopeful that there'll be an intersection between formal education and, you know, content. Right. Um, and I think there will, there will I think be... I think infrastructure sure is are, important. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think... I had a lot of classes where, you know, they, we had, like, guest lecturers, for yeah. example. Yeah. And that, that for, for me, was way more applicable, way more relevant, because you're hearing it firsthand how it's done, you know? Mm-hmm. It's one thing to teach somebody how to give a speech. It's another thing to have somebody give a speech. Yeah. You know? And so, in our, like, I remember that in our public speaking class, 
we never we learned you know these are the parts of a speech but we were doing it that was my favorite class in college actually was public but, speaking but, because we literally did it yeah yeah no no that's that's definitely important yeah exactly and to that point like it's not so much even it's doing it but before doing it i think it's between between hearing it and doing it i think there's somewhere in between where it's like coming to the realization yourself of why it's important or why it, what why it means what it means or mm-hmm. what it is. so what i'm trying to say is when you listen to the conversation and you kind of connect the dots yourself then you then you actually learn like it it stays in your mind as opposed to just like hearing something and like all right now go do this like it's kind of like you want it to you know you want to nurture it a little bit and i think when you can get people to have that realization on their own as opposed to like shoving it down their throat mm-hmm. i think it's so much more powerful for sure yeah so um i don't know why we got into this conversation but uh, you know it's great well, you're welcome yeah um <laughs> all right let's get into some topics um hot th- topics this is where we get deep 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 so pat and i usually have these conversations anyways um i think we had a, I, we had like a three hour long conversation should we just turn these mics off and have a conversation <laughs> No, yeah, we'll, just, we'll keep going. We don't want to hear it. <laughs> um, so, right after the thousand, so the thousand oak shooting happened on was it Tuesday night or Wednesday night? Yeah, I think it was Wednesday night. Um, or was it Thursday? Nope, Wednesday yeah. night. Yeah, it was Wednesday night. So a week ago, we had the thousand oak shooting, um, and I saw it first on Twitter. So. Everything just breaking is breaking news on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, shooter went into a nightclub in Thousand Oaks called Borderline. Borderline, and literally shot as many people as he pro- possibly could, and ended up killing twelve people, and then he, he killed himself as well. And so, we won't go into the details of the shooting, but Pat and I we hung out on Thursday night. And just kind of, we're just talking in general about gun control and kind of what happened and um, just the overall topic of mass shootings and violence. Which is a very uh, big topic of conversation right now. It's a big topic. It's challenging. It has been, but every single time it's just the same. It's not an easy topic to have. People disagree because it's politicized. Mm -hmm. But... And we watched a couple of videos about, you know, past politicians or, you know, politicians giving uh, speeches and discussions. And for me, I think it comes down to the fact that it isn't a, the solution to gun violence isn't singular. Mm-hmm. It isn't stricter gun laws only. Um, it is a combination of stricter gun laws. It's a combination of mental health care it's a combination of veteran care, veteran care you know, those that have PTSD, specifically yeah. the one, you know, in this case, like you said. Um, and just the rhetoric overall of the country. Yeah. You know, the fact that our leaders now have almost divided us in terms of, you know, you either stand for this or that. Yeah. And I don't think that that is right. Mm-hmm. And so... I think we can probably talk about this for like 18 hours plus, so yeah. we won't. But it definitely got us thinking about a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah. Um, like to your point on like division, like that's really what it is, man. Um, you, at this point, it's not even like it's not even black or white on anything anymore. Like there, there's no such thing as like a Republican Party and a Democratic Party. I think it's just you know, each issue has its own supporters and each issue has its own um, opposers. Um, so it's just an interesting time. And like these these shootings, man, like I don't know, I don't know, we, we talked about it. Like it's, again, it's not, yeah, it's not one thing over another that is really the root of the cause. It's, uh, it's a combination of things. But at the end of the day, I think, I want, I just wonder why i don't know if it's true but why it seems like it's happening more now than it did 30 40 years ago is it the fact that the nra has funded has been funded more to put more guns out there do you think or is it like like why does it i don't know do you think it seems like it's happening more now than it did like 30 years ago 40 years ago Well, like i was telling you i definitely think it's more 
publicized. Well, yeah, but with social media is what I'm saying. You know, yeah, but we hear about it more. Yeah, but but it does seem like mass shootings are happening more often. Yeah, I don't think that this was a normality before. I think now it is literally normality. I think that, literally see, that is I'm I'm more, I'm more curious about that because yes, absolutely, we can all agree that we need more gun control. Oh. 99.99999% of us i think think that well you would be surprised uh, a lot of people don't think that well gun control from uh, like i'm like it's not again it's not like black or white like let's not take away all the guns or whatever like we just something needs to happen like the wrong people shouldn't have guns in their hands i think can can everyone agree on that no like okay from a, from a business standpoint from a money standpoint maybe not but from a moral standpoint no then yeah i don't know you'd be surprised yeah no i mean i agree i agree yeah like there's obviously not not cases out there yeah um but uh at the same time um what were we talking about oh yeah so i think that's what it is it's like you know i wonder why it's happening more now if that's the case you know i i think politics has a lot to do with it i think that you know there's definitely more guns out there um there are more automatic weapons you know I don't know why anybody needs, like, an AR-15, you know, to just... I mean, what the fuck are you shooting? You know, you don't need an automatic weapon to shoot game. Well, right? yeah. I mean, the gun is the gun itself is legal, right? It's right. just a... Like a handgun, you know. Is, is, look, again, like you said, I don't think most people are advocating taking away guns. You know, Democrats aren't advocating for that. Ultra-liberal progressives are not advocating mm, for that. Yeah. Well, some might be, yeah. but that's not, the, that's not the goal. No, it's you not. You know... I, I think the right has made it seem like you know we're that that we want to abolish the Second Amendment. Mm. No, but the Second Amendment has no, doesn't say anything about going and killing right. M, you know, Again, multiple yeah. people. It comes down you to know. the wrong people having their hands on guns. It, it, it look, it's very easy to make an argument for guns and say, oh, the Constitution says we're allowed to have guns. Right. The Constitution also says that we're allowed the freedom of speech, but there's also things that are limited. Yeah, speech. and then you can't just go out and be like, right. oh, there's a bomb. Right. Right. So why why can't we limit Gun, the Constitution talks about gun ownership. Yeah, it doesn't talk about the usage of right, guns to do right, certain right. things. So on that topic, and on the topic of mental health, I think we were talking about you know fifty one fifty, you know labeling mm-hmm. someone fifty one fifty, and you know if it's such a high bar, and it's like literally, it's either you're above it or you're under it, and if you're above it, you go, go you go straight to the mental asylum, mm-hmm. and if you're under it, you are just a normal person. And you have you know access right, to deal anything. with it. Right. So. You, do you think that there has to be some sort of like middle ground there? Like just because you don't, you, like someone doesn't, you know, like a police officer doesn't consider you fifty one fifty or whatever. If they, you know, you get called psych treatment. Yeah, exactly. Um, that you can just have, you know, you can just go get your hands on a gun. Like in no, this case, it's, uh, look, I, I, right? Like we watched this video, and I encourage all of you guys to go watch this video. It's about Barack Obama. Uh, I think it was at a town hall where he gets asked about gun control. Uh, it was towards the latter end of his presidency. And it's an amazing argument because he talks about, and he compares guns to vehicles. And he talks about how in the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of accidents. There was a lot of fatalities due to cars. And so he said, what did we do? Yeah. We ended up you know, studying this as a, disease as an epidemic as an illness the center for disease and control studied vehicles and roads so what did they do they made better roads they made seatbelt laws that said that you have to wear seatbelts they punished vehicle uh violations harshly you know yeah they they put in things in motion that discouraged people from going and causing accidents you know drunk driving laws and he argued that the Congress is not even allowed to fund the CDC, the Center for Disease and Control, to study gun violence as an epidemic. But really, that is what it is. If you, as of the Thousand Oaks shooting, there was 307 mass shootings in 2018 out of the 312 days or something yeah. in this year. That's literally an average of like 0.98 mass shootings a day, right? Like we have about an, a mass shooting a day, yeah. and yet they're not treating it as. I mean. There are other things yeah. that are do- not, not happening that often in right. medicine. We were talking about it. Like, did one person a day die from E. coli? No. I don't, I don't think so. No. But it was treated we studied like the craziest thing. It was all over the news. Yeah. It was an outrage, breakout, epidemic. People are going to die. Don't do this. Don't do that. But gun control? Nope. People have fucking 35 semi-automatic weapons. Go shoot whenever the fuck they want. Yeah. I mean, this guy posted a Facebook status the day before saying, 
Like he was mocking thoughts and prayers. And, and he's right. I mean, obviously what he did wasn't right, but he is right. These thoughts and prayers, fuck them. That's, yeah. my, that's my opinion. What do they mean? Nothing. Who's, who are you sending your thoughts well, to? Well, that's the extent of it. Yeah, it's like useless. Yeah. yeah. All you're doing is you're forgetting about it the next obviously, day. Obviously, thoughts and prayers, like, are, they come, but something comes after that is action. Like, <laughs> well, we forget, right? We forget because the next day there's another mass shooting. Yeah. The next day there's an, you become numb to it and you're like, oh, it happened again. Until it happens to you, until you feel it on your skin. And again, I think that a lot of people those, in again, LA have things, felt that now. It's, again, it's one of those things like if president at the time obama of the united states is saying that it's like literally you know i don't see i again i don't want to take all these things for face value but just mm-hmm. looking at what he was saying he's saying it's out of his control mm-hmm. it how is. are how are people like us supposed to feel hopeful that we can right. like is it i mean how many people need to like lobby and go you know to is it see That's i point. wonder if he's trying to say is like is Congress making these laws or like, is like, why is, who is not allowing Congress now? Like, you know what I'm saying? NRA. NRA. Exactly. So. Money. Right. Money. It all comes down to money. That's all it is. It's that's all, all it is. about money. This entire thing. I mean, and that's why I was having this discussion with somebody. So other at night. one point, at what point does money become less important than the well-being of the American? When everyone has it. And that's not going to happen. So. That's the, that's really, that's really. And, I, and, I, and that's the thing. It's until, you know, I have a lot of Republican friends um, that stand against, uh, like, are for gun control. Yeah. Because, look, for me, it, it's at a point that it's not a political issue anymore. It's literally an issue of life and death. Right. So, and, and, I, and I don't like dramatizing things. I don't like making things seem bigger than they are. But this is literally facts. Yeah. It's not even me making things up. You know, thank God. I mean, I, I. I haven't felt a mass shooting, but my family has had a family member that was killed due to gun violence. And so, I, and putting all that aside, I just seriously do not understand why a regular citizen, healthy, mentally healthy, physically healthy, needs automatic weapons. Again, I'm not having you take away your guns. You can go So, the automatic, automatic part is, I think, illegal. Right, in California. Is it only in California? Well, not, I don't know if it's only California, but in California, yeah, it's I think I think see, I think they're getting their hands on legal guns, but they're buying these automatic, right. you know, extensions of the gun on, on the black market, which right. is that's see, I don't know how we can control that. But again, part of me feels like it's controllable. I feel like a it part is. of me, you know, like we have the FBI and we have the CIA and we have you know all these NSA. Like, are you are you telling me that you can't um, crack down on the on the black market here? They like, could if they want. You can do anything you want. You know, it's like we, we catch terrorists yeah. who are on the on the run and we can't catch people selling Internally illegal in the guns States. on the black market. Like, give me a fucking break. That's the scariest part for me is that it seems as though we are we are less safe domestically. You know, there are more threats internally here in the United States than there are external to us is what it seems like. Yeah, because I, I don't know. I, I would I'd be curious. I mean, I know obviously Australia yeah, you know, took, took away, away the guns. guns and, you know, there hasn't been really many mass shootings. But mm-hmm. is any other country, I mean, taking, you know, uh, like terrorist violence out of this, like, is any other country killing each other more no. than we are? No, I don't think so. I literally think we, we're number one. Like each other. We like, are the best at killing each other. It's it's un- unbelievable. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is literally unbelievable, but it's just like, it just happens like, all the time. I, obviously, mental health is a real thing. And, and that's, that's, the, I think that's a big part of it. Too. It is, it is. But at the same time, like, you're telling me that, see, that's, then that, that means that the United States, if that's the biggest case here, that the United States is more mentally unfit, you know, from a health perspective than any, anywhere else in the world. I wouldn't be surprised. And we probably are. Yeah. See, like, I think it's a part of it, but I don't think it's that as big of a part of it as people are making it to be, man. Well, when it comes to gun control, the argument of... Like, it's not so much mental health. It's what causes you to think it's okay to walk into somewhere and just shoot people and, and, and kill a bunch of people. Well, like, PTSD, I understand. But, right. But, but again, if you have PTSD or mental health issues and you don't have a gun, you can't do that. <laughs> right? That's why it's a combination of the two. If I don't have a vehicle... Because I cannot drive, I cannot actually cause an accident because I don't have a vehicle. Like, it, it's very simple logic, right? But, again, it comes down to money. It comes down to these lobby groups that are out for themselves and they're, they're, they're literally just... I think a lot of it comes down to themselves. the media. The media. 
Like, again, every single damn time, they start talking about the shooter. Yeah. And they put the shooter's face on mm-hmm. their Twitter feeds and their, you know, on, on, the, on TV. Like, why the fuck are you talking about the shooter? Like, that, what it means, same, same thing. This guy, I think, in his Facebook post said that, like, you know, I want to be remembered for this or whatever. Yeah. They all do, they all say that. Yeah. Like, it keeps happening. So, what, what do you expect to be different next time? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. I mean, nothing. You just don't know. I mean, like, how do you control the actions? You know, it's it's hard. It's insane. But I mean, th- but to your point, I think this time around, the media did a better job at uh, covering the families of the victims. I think a lot of them that spoke out, it, like, I think that yeah, was that what was made good. it even more that real. Was good. That was good. And it, it was good like in the sense two, that those two dads, man. Yeah, I mean, it's like I, it, it sucks. Yeah. But you know, there's really not much more I could say to that. But. Yeah. And I'm sure they can't say much either, but I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things that it's unfortunate that we're having this conversation in a country that allows so much freedom. You know, other places you're oppressed. You can't speak about stuff like this. And yet there's no mass shootings, right? And then you have America. Well, that's probably a part of it too. (laughs) Not that we're like, not, 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 not about speaking about it, but again, like the media shedding so much light on it that people feel like they can get some sort of, uh, you know, uh, fame or something from it. As cliche know. as it sounds, I just feel like there's so much hatred in this country, and yeah, and it, it's it is really caused by the division of our politicians and yeah. At any given point, you go on Twitter and it's like just constant fucking, you know, just talk about what Trump is doing, and 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 it's like it's justified. Obviously, I mean, he's an Trump idiot. is a fucking buffoon, <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, like it's just, you know, I've never seen it before like this. And again, it might have been like this, you know, maybe, you know, a hundred years ago or something, but we wouldn't know because there wasn't a platform like Twitter or social media to express one's thoughts publicly. And I'm glad there is now. No, I am too. But that also, I think adds to the division. Well, that's something right? that we have to work through. As don't a country. you think so? No, like, I do think so. It's unfortunate, so, but, but it does. But I think I think that's the thing. I think we're at a time where we're still transitioning. Where yeah, everyone's a journalist. Everyone's a reporter. Well, every, everyone's everyone has, has a, a voice, and that's great. Like I'm all for that. Yeah. But a part of me can't help but feel like that adds to the division. It does. It add does. To the it does. It does. But I also think that I'm still hopeful that we will work through that, just because. Yeah, it's still new. It's still young. Yeah, as I mean, a people, we just need to like collectively figure out how to navigate the rhetoric and the narrative, right. and just every every you know everything we talk about. Like, we have to check others and make sure that we're all on the you know. I think as my, a human race, we're all on the same page. I think my advice is: look, this, and for those that are listening, and I mean, I'm by no means you know, I don't really know much, but my advice is to whether you like Trump or not like Trump. I mean. I, well, most people probably in LA don't like Trump, but I really do think that, and I was having this conversation last night um, with with somebody who probably differs with me politically and, you know, we probably have very different lifestyles and different upbringings and I had just met him, but I said like, look, you can be black, Muslim, Jewish, you know, female, gay, tr- it doesn't matter. Like, at the end of the day, like, we're both human beings. Yeah. And I'm going to have a conversation with you. could be, a co- you could literally stand for everything I don't stand. Everything. You can literally disagree with me on every issue. But we can still have a humane, like, you know, very cordial conversation with one another yeah. without having to hate each other, without having to cuss each other out, without killing each other, right? Yeah. Because it really comes down to the values that we both value. And I mean, as Americans, I think we value freedom. We value, a lot of us in you know the U.S. value family. That's why a lot of the immigrants came here escaping oppression. At the end of the day, we have to look at what we all value. And I think that if we do that, there are people that value similar things that are of opposite political parties, of different religions, different races. But again, that's what government I, uh, does not want to make that right. known. Going back to what I was saying, it's not about Republican and Democrat anymore. It's well, issue by issue. There are supporters and there are opposers, and that's all it is. But if you can, if you can both agree that at the end of the day, the root is that we're all human beings and we all get affected by things one or one way or the other. There's always going to be winners. There's always yeah. going to be losers, and that you can take like a you know um, a professional approach to having a conversation, a healthy mm-hmm. debate. Then mm-hmm. by all means, that's great. You know yeah. that that's how we proceed and progress forward as a human race Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. anyways we're at like past 50 minutes so let's uh let's get into some maybe questions or is there anything else you want to talk about as far as topics no i think that's i think i think that's more than enough cool man 
Yeah, so as we always do, we opened it up for some questions from you guys. So uh, thanks for sending in your questions on Instagram. And if you don't follow us on Instagram yet, please do, at the Founder Hour. Um, we like to stay uh, active there and post some post some stuff for you guys. So follow us. Uh, first question we got was how to stay motivated when you keep hitting brick walls. What do you got, Posh? Um, the same way that the bricks were put up, you know, with concrete and bricks, they can easily come down. You know, if you could build a brick wall, you could break it down as well. So my thoughts are there's always going to be brick walls. There's always going to be forks in the road. There's always going to be some sort of obstacles. If there aren't, then you're doing, you're on the wrong path. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always going to be something that you don't like, something that's going to be challenging. I think it's just, just embrace it. Take it day by day. Take it moment by, even if, if day by day is too long, yeah. take it minute by minute. Yeah. Take, just break it down. I mean, just keep things simple. And it's, I think look, it's important. It's hard. I think it's important to understand why the fuck that brick wall was there in the first place and sort of really get to like when you when you understand it from a deeper level of like how how did this get here why is mm-hmm. this here um then you can understand how to get around it right. right like whether it's in life or in business um like you said it's inevitable like you're gonna run into walls yeah. and if, if you don't then you're not pushing yourself you're hard enough wrong. yeah you're, you're on the easy path mm-hmm. right and i mean newsflash the easy path is never going to get you to where you want to be as far as success goes um if you're obviously thinking big so uh yeah, it's really understanding it and then also understanding it and also you, yourself. Like, you know, knowing yourself is important. Believing in yourself is important. Trusting yourself is important, whether it's your gut, whether it's your skill, whether it's your, you know, your thoughts. I mean, it really comes down to being strong enough to plunge through it. Because if you're not, you're just going to run into it and mm-hmm. going to keep running into it and keep running into it mm-hmm. like a like a really bad cartoon rerun. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that's, um, yeah, that's what I think. That question can take years yeah. to answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a good one. I mean, so shout out to Marissa Stahl, by the way, who asked this question. Yep. Um, uh, one of our good friends has yeah. been listening since day one. And also shout out to her. She works at a company called Something Social. Yeah. Uh, they release like a top podcast they listen to and we yep. were on there. Yep, so. yep, yep. Thank you for that. Um, one thing I want to say, I just noticed, so the question is how to stay motivated when you keep hitting brick walls. Right. So it's not so much getting through it, it's right. how to stay motivated yeah. when you keep hitting it. And one thing I want to say is like motivation, and I think Gary Vee says this all the time, and I couldn't agree with it more, is like, first of all, you need to be like grateful that of like, you just for the position you're in like mm-hmm. the fact that you're in that position you're lucky to be in that position like think of it that way mm-hmm. and i think when you push, you know when you when you look at it through that lens of like damn like even though it's challenging right now i'm actually lucky to be in this position because i know that once i get to the other side of this brick wall i'm going to be in like a way better place mm-hmm. right like i'm going to be stronger as a person um, bigger as a person, mm-hmm. uh, you know, better off as a person. And I think really that's where motivation comes from is first of all, being grateful and, and again, believing in yourself that it, you can get to that other side and th- right. Yeah. Thinking your I, thoughts positive. And I know that, you know, this question, it can apply to many things. It could be brick walls in life. It could be brick walls in your current job. It could be brick walls in your mind. Um, and again, you know, to your point, I think when you do get to that point, staying positive is a big thing. Just and, and that's what I say, like just take it moment by moment. Like yeah. you can't figure I, it all out. I read somewhere that being positive doesn't mean that you're always supposed to be happy. No, not happy, positive. It's about knowing that when you're down, that you're always gonna get back up. Yeah. That that is literally what it means. Because if you've reached that low point, there's only up from there. Like it could be still bad, but it's one step above bad still. Yeah. Which is less bad. So, I mean... But it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say is when you look at it from a standpoint of like, I'm lucky to be here. Well, I guess maybe what would be helpful is... Look at how far I've come to be in this position. What do you personally do when you hit a brick wall? Or like, how do you stay motivated? I think that that question... I think that answer 
It's probably more. Well, helpful I'm by than no means like answer. the perfect example here. Like yeah. there are times where I'm like not motivated. Obviously, yeah. I'm a human being, and everyone right. deals with it. But what I like to do is really take a step back. Mm-hmm. Um, like I do this a lot, and it's like I think we had talked about this on a past episode. Was mm-hmm. is really taking a step out and looking at at things from an outside perspective mm-hmm. of like, what is the situation I'm in? You know, mm-hmm. why why is it this way? And um, some, sometimes it requires making a change, you know, and, and making a change sooner rather than later and not mm-hmm. going down a path that you know is not the right path. You right. know, whether it's completely drastically changing something or just something little, mm-hmm. uh, you always have to, you know, deviate a little bit to get and then get back onto the path, right? So mm-hmm. you got to maybe sometimes it's like, maybe sometimes you got to climb that wall. Maybe sometimes you got to like go around it, even though, even if it's like a long wall, you just got to go around it. Maybe you have to dig under it, go under it. Like there's like, you know, you just got to kind of look at it for what it is and, you know, keep in mind again, like who you are and what you believe in and what your goals are, what your visions are. Like my thing is vision. Like if the vision is blurry, it makes it really hard to stay motivated for me. If I have a very clear that's and this is me personally like mm-hmm. not everyone is like me but mm-hmm. just all i can do is say what i mm-hmm. think uh if 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 i can get the vision as clear as possible it's never going to be fully clear because it's a vision and it hasn't happened yet but right. if i can get it as clear as possible and have that be my north star mm-hmm. then the motivation is fucking there because right. that is what i'm working towards right. whether it's and it can be anything whether it's um you know at the gym or in business or in life or in relationships like whatever that vision is for your ideal situation it might not ever be that ideal but as long as you can have envision something you have something to work towards and i think that if you can find that then you can most likely find motivation for sure yeah marissa hopefully that answers your question so we <laughs> could talk about it over some drinks soon um Another question that we got here was the struggles of finding your path and passion. Also learning to find a work-life balance. Uh, Lauren Hova asked that question. Big supporter. Again, these, like, these questions are tough to answer in you know, a 60-second type thing. And just so we don't extend the podcast even more. It's similar to the answer we just gave for the motivation for the brick walls. I think it's a part of that. Um, it's ha- I think, number one, set have a vision, set goals. Yeah. And be okay with changing those goals. Don't be okay with changing the vision. Um, that's my thought. Because the vision is less clear. Goals are a little bit more clear. But I, you I have it, to deviate. Yeah. I think in this case, the question is, or the way I understand it is like, even finding that out what that vision is because right sometimes it's hard like when you think of what you're passionate about sometimes it's hard to see an opportunity there that um leads you know a path that leads to a big opportunity where you can sustain yourself <laughs> like you don't always have to make the most money you have to make like a billion dollar company right. but is there a big enough path and most of the time i want to argue that when it's like your deep true passion it's tough to see a path to profitability and just like monetization and again and make enough money to live and be happy and comfortable because you know there's always that opportunity cost of like well what if i didn't actually chase what i'm most passionate about but did something else where you know i'm a little bit passionate about it but i can make a lot more money and you know be in a much more financially stable place so i think in this case it's um a lot of it comes down to patience and taking the, the time you know like it's it's not something that I think you can just sit down and strategize mm-hmm. for like three hours and be like, oh, all right, that's what I'm doing. Like, done deal. Maybe you can, but most of the time you can't, I think. So it's always, it's like kind of, um, imagine standing at the center of the world, right? And you can go in any direction. And so what do you do? You like take a few steps in left direction maybe. And you take a little more, few, maybe this is the right direction. And you keep going and keep going. And then all of a sudden you see like, just, I don't know, like fucking mountains burning, you know, or like just a lot of just shit that you don't want to go towards. You're like, oh fuck, wrong direction. So now you go in this other direction. So you're just kind of like keeping your eyes open for just what's appealing to you, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes you may have a passion that you don't know is your passion. But unless you go in that direction and you try it out or you, you even see what it is for what it is, um, 
you figure out, oh shit, actually I do love this. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, I had never done it before, never seen it before. So anyways, uh, I think it's patience and really like taking the time to give yourself time to figure out what that is. And then I think that's step number one is finding out things that you love and looking in that general direction. You just, you know that you're never going back in that other direction because mm-hmm. you've crossed that off. Like that is out of the picture. Uh, so once obviously you find that, then you can think of ways like keep going in that direction, right? And maybe it's like 50 miles, 100 miles, 300 miles out. doesn't matter. You know that that's the direction you want to go in because mm-hmm. those are your passions. Along the way, I think you'll come across opportunities as you will come across brick walls, right? But you'll come across opportunities and you'll keep going in that direction. Maybe it's now if you're going north, now you're going northwest or you're going northeast, you know, it's a little, but you're still going north. Um, and then I think the work-life balance part, um, I think Mark Brazil said it best, you know, when you're doing what you love, fuck work-life balance. Cause if you're not, you know, like working hard towards something that you love, I, I just think that like, what are you doing with your life? I don't know. That's my thought. Well said. Anything else to add? Nope. <laughs> well, this has been a great episode. Mm-hmm. I wish we could sit here and talk more about other yeah. things. Cause I think we had written other stuff down, but well, well, I think we have time for thirty seconds. Thirty seconds each. Thirty seconds each. What do you want to talk about? What would happen if you won the lottery? Ooh. Billion dollars. Billion dollars. <sighs> you well, need thirty seconds. Okay, I would put probably ninety-five percent of that into some sort of investment. Because I don't really need that much money to live. Okay. Like, I would put it in properties. I would put so, it in companies. So 950 million you would keep in the would invest. Yeah, okay. probably. For now. You're going to be hit up by some like Northwestern Mutual, Mass Mutual. Yeah, yeah. Or just No, no, no. I would I would put my own team yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, run this, run this for me, please. Yeah. I trust you. And then the rest, I would probably, you know, travel the world. For 5 million. Okay, maybe not 95%. I, I didn't really do the math in my head, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Let's keep enough money to travel the world, see what I have to see. And then honestly, I, I'm, I mean, I'm 26 years old, so I'm, I'm, I'm still yeah. young. Like I would probably just spend my time on things that, again, like I yeah. love. Like whether it's, you know, I, I would still love to create a business, you know. Right. It's like, but at that point, I have enough money. Like I just, I don't know. Um, to me, I know it's easy to say before the fact I know this is more than 30 seconds, but i got to say it. Uh, it's easy to say before the fact, but I think even after the fact, like, that's a lot of money, and, and I can't say what would happen to me at that point, but um, I think I'm mentally strong enough to hold, hold some sort of constraint of, like, dude, I would probably give a lot of that away, man. That's a lot of fucking money. Like, I would probably just go into areas, like, I would do my research, again, put my own team together, yeah. as what areas of the world are, like, really fucking bad, whether it's, like, hunger or homelessness yeah. or disease or whatever. And but just, it's just like, a billion dollars. Yeah, but dude, a few Cox hundred million, a couple hundred million can go a long way. I wouldn't obviously like just spend, yeah, the, you know, spend, spend, spend. Like, again, I would put a, a healthy amount aside for investing. But anyways, you, you you tell me what you think. I'd buy a boat. A boat? Yeah. It's great. Quit my job, buy a boat. Immediate, like literally the second I find out, I would quit everything I'm doing. Okay. Just even the founder it. hour. Not the founder hour. <laughs> Okay, we would rename it the billionaire hour and we would only interview billionaires like ourselves yeah exactly <laughs> so we just literally we would just so do Posh, what did you think about this yeah pat what did um, you think about this yeah that sounds great um would you buy it yeah how much does it cost <laughs> doesn't matter 300 mil- yeah <laughs> stop asking questions like that if it, if it costs less than a billion dollars just buy it yeah we'll figure it out later um no but i would honestly i would definitely not work for at least for like six months i wouldn't work yeah like six months to twelve months, I wouldn't work. I would pay off my student loans. Oh, I would yeah. pay off. I would pay off the student loans oh, of probably yeah. all my friends. I actually, I actually wouldn't pay off my student loans. I would. Fuck it. Fuck. Why? Fuck it. Well, because I don't. Low interest. Have, fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> I would pay off. My, I don't. I don't. I don't care. I would pay off like everybody's student loans that I know. Um, I would pay off. Honestly, don't fuck student loans. I wouldn't want my money going to the government. I know, but fuck it. <laughs> Just fuck them. Um, I would pay off like any home loans. I'd probably buy a couple of houses. Um, I would definitely give like a couple million to like people that i'm close with um or i wouldn't even give it to them i would just ask them what they want and i would get it for them and then i would give them like 
like, hey, you have up to two million dollars to spend with me. You know? Credit line, or yeah, exactly. <laughs> just open or, up posh banks. Exactly, exactly. That great idea. Just posh banks. Follow up me at, at posh. Um, might start drop shipping some fancy items soon. Um, and then I don't know. I would just, I would just probably buy some farms, plant some avocados. You know, start selling avocados. I would just do things that I want to do. Yeah. Which don't involve That's like working all the time. Um, I, I really, I mean, it's not that I don't like working, but I do think that that financial comfort would help me do things that I'm more passionate about. Um, definitely, definitely travel. I would definitely, the six to 12 months I would spend traveling. Yep. Uh, spend traveling and, and not only just traveling for fun, I would probably go there, like you said, to explore like opportunities, both in business and, you know, philanthropy. Um, but I mean, this is all wishful thinking, so it really doesn't matter. Um, Maybe it does. Who knows? Maybe one day when we're billionaires, we'll be like, what did we talk about on episode 45 on The Founder? Or maybe we should listen to ourselves and do what we did. Yeah. Uh, which goes back to the point of, you should listen to us. Listen to us. We have so much wisdom in these podcasts. Um, and on that note, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at The Founder Hour. Um, check out our website because there's a lot of awesome stuff. Big, big, big episode coming up. On Monday, yeah, big episode coming. Tune up in, subscribe. On, I don't even subscribe know to our newsletter. Be. Honestly, please, just like <laughs> do it because we send some cool stuff. Yeah, um, like last time we sent the videos way before we posted it yep. on social, so you would have seen it. Too. And if it's um, the first time you're listening to the podcast, yeah. um, subscribe to us, give us a rating, um, let us know what you think. Yeah, screenshot we, we these episodes, post it. We'll repost it on our Instagram. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll give you a shout out. Send us a DM. We answer super fast. And uh, let's just get to know each other. We, you know, the whole goal of this is starting community. And also, we started a Facebook group community yeah. uh, called Colab. Yep. C-O-L-A-B on Facebook. So, uh, shoot us a DM and we'll send you the link so you can join. We post interesting conversations, articles, topics, and we just kind of discuss things. And that's a growing community. So, we want you to Kind of like this, but on Facebook. And we can all engage together and right. have cool conversations. Right. So, love you all. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys on Monday. <laughs>